When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about our Facebook group. It's called Self Care Clubbers. So if you're not already a member, jump onto Facebook, search for Self Care Clubbers and come and be part of our community. Can't wait to see you there. The link is in the show notes. Well, I am delighted to welcome my friend, Dan McGenna on to the self-care club. I mean, this has been a long time coming. So welcome finally to the show. Can we also say Thank he's you. been, I, I want to say he's been your secret friend, secret from me. Because <laughs> the, the, the backstory, there is a small backstory I'm going to just say before we start interviewing. Well, Dan right. is now officially Lauren's like celebrity crush. Literally. So <laughs> I have been wanting to do a show, self-care around money for how long? Oh, two two years. I Nicole think. Goodman, I'm not doing a show about money. No, my least favorite subject. Don't want to talk about money. I was like, <laughs> but I've got this guy who I'd love to have on. He's really cool. Talks about money in a really good way. No, no. <laughs> so I'm busy following Dan and looking at his stuff and learning from him and stuff. And then suddenly Mrs. Goodman pipes up. Oh, two years later. Oh, oh, my friend Dan. He's going to come on the show, talk about money. I'm like, who are you talking about? This guy. So I'm like, this is so I'd send her your link and she's like no no this is the guy I've been cracking on about but how do you know him (laughs) so I feel like we've got ourselves a right coup today there we go very happy to have you well pleasures are wide very excited to be here um yeah love 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 you guys and what you're into I've been obviously fan for of of Nicole's from day dot four who isn't who isn't yeah. yeah, you have. I was like, you need a- your own TV show. Right? Why a- do you not? Why does the world not know about you? <laughs> <laughs> it's learning about her. It's learning. He's, yes, and it's and it is thanks to you, Dan, that I started my own podcast and then eventually obviously met Lauren and now here we are. So honestly, you are the guy. You have been so instrumental to my growth as a coach. Honestly. There we go. There we go. We're sharing the love today, aren't we? Well, should we start talking sharing about money? Let's. We're, let's. Yes. Okay. Let's start with the with the with the biggest question. What does a healthy yes. relationship around money look like and feel like and smell like and taste like? <laughs> so I've got a, a concept that I speak about called bleed theory. B L double E D bleed. And and what I basically postulate is that we can treat things as separate, but really they're all the same. And so I would say rather than trying to create a different relationship with money, let's just treat money as we would want to relate to anything. And when we want to relate to something, I'd always say, how would you want it to to treat you and treat it the same way? And so when we start to look at how we relate to money on a day-to-day basis, do you complain about it or are you grateful for it? Do you treat it lovingly? Do you try and hog it and hoard it? Like what's the relationship that you actually treat it? And if it was a person, how would it feel about the way that you treat it? Because at the end of the day, we always get treated ultimately 
how we treat others. Okay. Okay. Right. Good one. So what are the some of the common beliefs that people have mm-hmm. around money? What are the some of like the common issues that people would come to you with? So I actually created a quiz a few months ago. I did uh, it. I did it, Dan. I'm <laughs> such quiz. a fan, right? And I saw <laughs> it because we share an email and I saw it pop up in our little inbox. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we put a little that results were ready. And then you said, I did I did the quiz. She's like, I know. You did the quiz. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw the my, email. I, I didn't feel my answer was accurate. My answer was guilt. That was that was what okay. that was apparently well, my belief. For, for the rest of the people that don't know about the quiz, tell us about what the quiz is. Yeah. And then you can talk okay. about your answer. And then we can go into that. And maybe we can expand on the results and see if there's something that's off or whatever. So basically what the quiz does is it asks you 10 questions. And puts you roughly into one of four groups as to what your number one potential blocker is to a, a healthy relationship to money, shall we say. <laughs> we very rarely see our own stuff, right? That's one of the reasons why it's so important to have a coach, to have people around you that hold you accountable, to have people around you that can see things you can't. I would say we've never seen our own backside. We've never actually seen our own face. Right now, we are looking at reflection of our face. We're not seeing the actual thing. We're seeing a yeah. picture of it that's reflecting back and the light. So we've never seen our own face. We've never seen our own backside. And yet we propose that we're going to see all the little intimate details of what's going on inwards. We just don't see it. And so it could be that Nicole's right. And guilt is a thing. And maybe opening up a little bit to the possibility of it will allow you to see the spaces where it is showing up. But it might not be the Two only coaches, thing. Maybe there's something yeah. else that's a bit more present Fuck's sake. for you. Okay. So, <laughs> me, me aside, let's talk about you know, okay. the general let's population. What the do general they, population. What do they come to you with? What's the, what's the problem? Why man, money isn't just manifesting itself into their world? Uh, because they think that money's just going to manifest into their world. I think it was probably the number one bullshit idea that has people stuck in a world where money's not showing up for them. I mean, I'll tell you there's this quick story. I love to tell this one because it makes me laugh all the time. I was on Instagram. And I need you to listen to the details of this because it's the, the funniness is there. I was on Instagram and an ad came up that said, how to find your ideal clients without using Instagram. On Instagram, someone's telling me that my ideal clients can be found without using Instagram. And this kind of ridiculous, deceptive approach is something that we see all of the time. Because oh, even when you look time. at the, all the time, the nonsensical idea that, money shows up out of nowhere without you doing anything for it. How did that idea come to you? Someone ran an ad, someone wrote a book, someone did a podcast, someone made a film, someone moved through time and space and took action to tell you, give me 997 or $47 or whatever, and I'll teach you the magical formula about why you don't need to do anything for money to just show up for you. Then why aren't they sitting around letting money just come to them? It's absolute bullshit. Money doesn't just come up, it's the product of exchanging value with people if you've got a job you're exchanging your time and energy for people to give you money if you have a business you're exchanging goods and services for people to give you money if you have a sugar daddy you're exchanging goods and services for someone to give you money always there is an exchange of some sort or you know you've exchanged the risk of you going to jail by going to steal money from the bank but there's always an exchange that happens and when people are held are holding on to this idea they're then actually held back from actually taking the actions that might get them to a place where they might actually have some bloody money. It reminds me of that joke. 
<clears throat> about the man who on a Monday wanders down the road saying, oh God, oh God, please, please let me win the lottery. And on Tuesday, mm. he's eating his dinner. Dear God, dear God, please let me win the lottery. And on Wednesday, he gets into bed. Dear God, dear God, please let me win the lottery. And then by the Saturday, God answers him, Brian, buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> It's real. It's real. It's real. I mean, it's like we take this idea of manifestation. We won't go too far from the danger, but to come back to it, it's like you say that you want, I want the woman of my life, the man of my life, the human of my life. And yet all you're doing is sitting around watching Netflix and eating Cheetos all day. You're not even connecting with other humans. You're not available for the blessing. And I think one of the things that we do through these delusional ideas is hold ourselves out of a space where we can actually be available for the blessing to come to us. Right. So you've got to create the, if you want to make the money, you've got to create the opportunities. I wouldn't even say you need to create the opportunities. I'd say you need to be available for the opportunities, open to them, ready to act on them. I think opportunities are there all the time, not to go too deep into the metaphysics of it, but there's a universal law called the law of polarity. But the law of polarity at its core states is that everything's whole and complete. There's nothing half in the universe, right? And when we go a little bit into the science behind things, every single atom and molecule has got a non-physical counterpart to it. Um, so when we're looking at closing our eyes and imagining something and giving something shape and form in our minds so we can have a relationship to it, we've actually created a non-physical half, which means that the physical half has to exist as well. And so what that means is that I don't actually have to go out and make something happen. The second that I really, really desire something, I actually give life to something so that it's available for me to see opportunities and to step in and to take the action to get to it. It's one of the craziest shortcuts to actually manifesting. It's one of the main things I used to teach in the the, um, the workshop we're just doing the last one off in, in April. It's that I don't have to hustle and kill and go out and grab and make everything happen. I need to be in a position where I believe it's possible, where I believe it's possible for me, where I'm available and open to actually take the actions that are going to bring that possibility into my life as something I can experience. Oh, nice simple yeah. very simple yeah. so what things are simple. going on for people that's preventing them from bringing money into their lives or what beliefs are people holding that's holding them back unworthiness is the biggest one i've seen in the people that we've worked with it's like i've seen people they come in and you know really struggling or even like really stuck somewhere and then one day something just magical happens. Like we've had people become millionaires overnight. We've had people just crack the code and we get financial freedom. And it's like, what happened? And in exploration and discussion, I always find that the common thread amongst them is they just finally realize they were worthy of it. That was it. She's just, just for the that record, Nicole Goodman's just elbowed me. Yeah. Elbowed me. Yeah. Because that's, that's. It was more of a shoulder bow, like a shoulder <laughs> bow, like a double dip. Okay. <laughs> When you said cracked yeah, the, the code, you said something very yeah. magical and important there. They they finally mm -hmm. cracked the code. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. It means that I think one of the things that we do is we overcomplicate the journey to getting somewhere new. We get so caught up in what's the latest sexy thing that I need to find? What's the next book that I need to read? What's the next retreat that I need to go to? What's the new whatever that I need to learn language or whatever when really like it is really as simple as do I have a deep desire for it do I know what it is can I feel it in my body can I feel worthy of it can I see it in my mind and then am I available to take the action if we just follow that simple formula things always if, if we look at everything that's shown up for us in our life we'll say generally we took an action we made a choice we were somewhere in time and space that made us available to it good and bad 
right? Then in order to do that, we had to actually have debatability in our mind for it to be possible because the reticular activating system in the brain literally stops you seeing stuff you don't think is possible for you. How many of you know the person's always complaining about, I can never find a good man, I can never find a good woman, and like they've got like a best friend or something that's like perfect for them, but they can't, oh, no, not, not Bob, not Sally, because they can't see it. There's like a, there's like a switch that goes off. And the same thing happens with financial opportunities too. Either they won't see the opportunity or they'll look at it and they'll have excuses and stories as to why, oh no, that's not for me, or that's not going to work, or that will only happen. I'm too short, I'm too tall, I'm too this, I'm too that, blah, blah, blah. So we, we create all these stories, we create all these narratives, we create all these over complicated like block. blocks. But if we just came back to the simple formula of can I can I can I, do I know what it is that I want? Can I choose it with 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 commitment and certainty? Can I feel connected to it? Can I believe it's possible for me? And am I ready to take the action that's going to bring it in? Simple. Okay. So you are creating a real like butterflies in my stomach because I feel like I'm going to get off this call and I'm going to suddenly be like, you know, rolling in money. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Nice. So not, not feeling well, I'll tell you something. We've got a few deals that we're waiting to get signed off on. And if they all go through, we will be very, very happy. So actually, this is coming at a perfect time. We have to believe it, trust it and be open to it. What are the other things apart from not feeling worthy? What are other things that people do or believe? I say after unworthiness, I would say I'll probably say holding on to other people's beliefs about what it's going to feel like or what what I need to do to be my best life. So getting caught up in other people's ideas about what they even want in the first place. So. Um, like a mate of mine, for example, he was convincing me, he was trying to convince me that Lamborghinis are the best cars ever. Best cars ever. It's like, forget about any other car you want. You've got to get a Lamborghini. You have to do it. Best ever. And so he came out, we were both here. We came out for the um, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix in November last year. And uh, he's like, trust me, trust me. Like, forget about your car. Like, your car, like this is what you need. It's like, no, but I really like my car. Like, forget about it. And we took out <laughs> some Lambos for, for the weekend. So we had Lambos for the weekend. Mm. And I really, really, really did enjoy driving the car. I was like, oh, it's nice. It's like a bit speedy, you know. Whoa. I had a yellow one. I never thought I'd have an ostentatious colored car, but it was really fun to have a yellow car. But I was really happy to come back to my car, right? And sometimes we can get so caught up into jumping into what other people have said or what society says we're supposed to be chasing after. If you're successful, you drive this car or you look like that. You have to have this, you have to have that, your family, religion, whatever. And at the end of the day, you're not going to feel fulfilled chasing after someone else's dream. There's going to be an emptiness there that you're going to feel uh, and it's just going to leave you disconnected. That's why I think a lot of people like celebrities that they get to the height of fame and they get all this stuff. They end up with drugs, with alcohol. We've seen so many sad cases of people even taking their own life. I'm like, how could they, how could they be unhappy? Look what they had. Yeah. Maybe they were chasing after someone else's dream and it wasn't what they wanted for themselves. And I think, yeah, a lot of people end up getting stuck disconnected from being happy from being fulfilled from living a purposeful life because they're doing it on other people's terms instead of their own can you have or how do you have a good relationship with money and a good attitude mm -hmm. towards money if you just don't have any i would say that the two are probably linked Ooh. you probably don't have any because you don't have the attitude of it Okay. And how, That's what and I would how, say. 
Okay. I, I mean, that's just, you know, the people that are listening are just like, fuck off. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that's, Probably. Like, well, that's really polarizing. It's really exposing to think that, yeah. oh, actually, it's my attitude and it's my fault that I, I've got this situation with my finance. I, I wouldn't say it's my fault. I'd say it's my responsibility. And I think yes, this is one better. of the things that gets people in a place where they don't take the action to fix things. Because they're so used to blaming other people, places and things. The second that a light shines back, that same negative energy that they're projecting to other people, they feel it back on themselves. That makes them feel icky and then they get stuck. Versus what if I wasn't making this about blame? I was actually stepping into the beauty of having the ability to respond, the responsibility to create something different. Because ultimately, and this is one of my teachings, it's called Common Denominator Theory. And what it basically invites us to do is look at this very simple idea. There is only one thing that's been present in every single experience in your life. Only one. You. Even if you've got an identical twin that's been there since the moment you popped out of your mum, right? They're not there all of the time. And even if they're there physically, they're not there mentally. The only thing that's present in every single moment of your life is you and the consciousness that you've got in your mind. So rather than even making it about responsibility, let's just go to logic. If I want to create a change, the most effective place for me to create a change that's going to reverberate into every area of my life is the area that is in every area of my life. And that's me. Your mum might be there for some of it. Your president might be there for some of it. Um, your prime minister, you know. But if we just pull it back and we're just like, well, hang on a minute, where's the logical place to start? I say, I claim that I'd like a change. I claim I'd like something different. What about if I made changes that were going to lead to something different in the only place that's present everywhere? Put it another way. If I've got 20 relationships in my life, right? Romantical, business, familial, whatever. 20. One romantical, and the rest <laughs> familial. Whatever, right? Very busy. I mean, that's a whole different. Although world. I'm, although I'm reading a very interesting book called The Polyamory pa- Paradox, which oh, I, do I, I sorry, I, I do. I not don't have time for that. Sorry, it's a very, it's a very interesting book. That's one husband's enough to say. I bet it is an interesting sure. book, but you know what? <laughs> one man <laughs> takes up a lot husband, of time. Yeah, very demanding husbands they are. Yeah, he's not even demanding. He's already. I know what's going on. He's just <laughs> poked his head round. He pokes his head He's He's never interested in that. <laughs> anyway, if we've got twenty relationships, one of them is with your demanding husband or significant other, yeah. or whatever. Does it make sense to take the time to go out and individually try and change every other person, or change yourself? In which case, the the substance of every single of those 20 relationships will change to some degree not all of them the same not all of them greatly but they will all change so instead of me trying to blame other people or to look outside of myself if i look at me my habits my behaviors my thoughts my feelings my environment my actions if those change to some degree my experience with money has to change too do you think some of it though is programmed in from a young age the attitude your parents have towards money whether money's talked about in your household whether it's gauche to talk about money whether it's much (laughs) whether you should be proud to not have money but you're a grafter all of it it. it's programmed and also this was something that came up Mm -hmm. this week and i'd like to know your opinion on this do you think that men and women as a general rule, have a different attitude towards money. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Right. So I'll tackle that bit first. 
I think that there are there is a so oh god right I try not to go too off into the weird and wacky world of metaphysics. I'll keep you on the straight and narrow here. Keep, keep me the on the finance. straight and narrow. Keep with the finance, but energy of people in groups can change reality. There's an amazing woman called Lynn McTaggart who wrote a book called The Power of Eight, which I do recommend. It's got nothing to do with The Power of Eight Husbands. It's Power of Eight. It's called Lynn McTaggart. And she scientifically demonstrated that when eight people hold an exact common thought, the fiber of reality changes. So one of my teachers, Dr. Joe Dispenza, even changed the way that he does his healing around that. Um, I was in a, a circle of eight group for many years where we would every week come together and you don't have to hold it for a long period of time 10 minutes to focus thought on a particular intention of just eight people can create literal change in physical reality so when you start to layer this off with another idea which is called collective agreements when groups of people hold a common idea it impacts reality so like we your saw family this COVID. your family we saw this over the covid all this fear so all of this fear starts to create more and more fear and then people starting to feel fearful and then they don't even know why it's because this collective energy of fear created shifts when you've got a large family that all has a particular idea you find this pressure you find, oh, why? and that creates pressure there are narratives that society holds of different kinds which have life to them because more than eight people sometimes it's tens of thousands hundreds of thousands or even millions of people hold that common idea and if you are one of the people that agrees consciously or unconsciously to slip into an agreement with that idea, then your reality becomes impacted too. Mm. So if someone holds what I call a subscription to the agreement that men and women have different beliefs, then guess what? You're going to experience a reality where men and women have different beliefs. That's why you have like um, the Mandela effect. You've got like we saw this. We see this like with politics, right? Two people are so convinced that their person is the person and you can't convince them otherwise because they're locked into literally like a layer of reality where everything that they think is true, even though we might be on the other side of it saying, but you're bonkers, right? We've all had a, a conversation, we'll call it, with the significant other where they're convinced that this is what's really happening and this is what it is. And we're like, but that's not even what it is. And so I would invite people to consider if they have beliefs or they've got stories or even catchphrases that they have around money to ask yourself, is this something that I really want to be signed up for? Or am I open to maybe letting go of that and having a different belief that I sign up to so that maybe I can start to have a different experience? Mm. Do I want to think, oh, women and men have a different experience with money or a different belief around money? Or would I like to have an independent experience of money not tied to my gender? One that's just tied to what I sign up to and do. I'll tell you why I asked you that. Because my son, my oldest son, who's 19, he's got a little business that he runs actually on TikTok, a tiny little business. Mm -hmm. He's at uni. And he, when I spoke to him yesterday, he said, oh, I made some sales today. I said, oh, that's great. And he said, it's really funny, mum. The girls, they're really happy to just pay the amount, whatever it is. They seem to be happy mm -hmm. to spend. The boys, mm -hmm. they haggle with mm -hmm. me. They say, oh, come on, mate, mm -hmm. can you take a fiver off? Oh, come on, mate. He said they're yeah. much more willing to negotiate. And I said, well, do you think that that's because perhaps women, girls are taught from a very young age to just be, what is the word mm -hmm. I'm looking for? Pliable. Submissive. Pliable. Yeah, this is, polite. Uh, yeah, polite. And mm. the boys are more like, well, this is what I feel it's worth. It is. And is it to do with worth, I guess, is what I'm asking you. And I found it very There's funny that, that he noticed that. There's that potential, but there's also the potential that women that he's dealing with actually honor and respect the value that he's delivering. 
and the men that he's dealing with don't. There's also the potential narrative that the women that he's dealing with actually have a healthy relationship with money that doesn't have them chasing a discount. They want something that they're prepared to pay for it. And the men that he's dealing with actually have a disempowering relationship with money, which has them haggling because they're a bit more tight. So there's all of these different potential narratives around the same core set of facts, which is that the women that he's dealt with pay full price and the men that he's dealt with haven't. And so I would say, um, again, it comes down to us as individuals. Like you as an individual, what's your groove? Is your groove, hells yeah, loving it, doing it, kicking it? Or is it, well, you know, I've got my, my pennies, I've got to count them and da, da, da. Is it, oh, this way that I deal with money means that, oh, I am a woman, I'm female, and therefore I am submissive and serving or pliable? Or is it, hey, I, as a powerful, independent, self-loving myself, self-caring myself, badass mama jama goddess woman i'm going to decide what my relationship with money is and what my experience of life is regardless of the stories that people tell me so i would say i would always invite people to observe what the narrative is observe what the stories are but bring it back to you and what you Mm. want to do rather than being a slave to the stories i hope that um, anyone listening now it's like firing up something in their mind because it's firing up something for me of what my narrative is around it yes and my narrative is, and I'm going to share it, um, A, for transparency, and B, because I, I really want people to get this and so that you can really challenge that narrative and story. I tell myself all the time, I'm never going to earn as much money as Adam because mm. I he has more headspace and I'm more sort of entrenched in the kids' lives and the domestic stuff. And so he's got more headspace to earn more money. Therefore, I will earn less. And that is something that I have just always thought at the back of my mind. And that mm. I'm now going to challenge and just really, because no, because the more I tell myself that it's now a truth. Of course it's a truth mm-hmm. because I've created mm-hmm. it. Right. Or even just agree to it. And I, I want everyone to have compassion with themselves as they start to explore this, because like I said, Laura, most of these things come from childhood. I think it's up to ninety, up to ninety to ninety-five percent of our actions, habits, and behaviors are unconscious. Mm. The unconscious programs that run those, as much as seventy percent of those, we have no conscious relationship to because they happen between the age of zero and seven when we're building um, our belief system. So we don't actually have that much of a. So when we start to notice oh my God, I'm holding this story that, you know, I love Adam, but I'm a little bit jelly because he's going to make more than me or whatever the story is. It's like, instead of saying, oh no, naughty thought and woe is me. It's like, oh, how interesting. I've just caught that thought. Do I want to run with that story? What's another story? What's another story that I would like to have instead? And as we start to sort of playfully engage with it rather than aggressively attacking or fighting it, it creates more space for change. Because when we fight with something, we actually give it more life. The more that we resist something, the more that it persists. Mm. But the more we're like, oh, how interesting, that's there. Don't really fuck with that anymore. Once I fancy something different, what's the new thing I'd like that? How can I pour energy into that belief? Look for evidence to support it. Find an environment to support it. Find friends and loved ones who can support me in supporting it. The more likely the new one's going to come around. Nice. So my new belief now is mm-hmm. that, of course, I have the potential to earn whatever I want. And, and that's the end of the video. Your That's thing it. is making me feel things now. Okay, come on. <laughs> uh, okay, so I I said to you just before we were recording, it's a great week to do the show because it's um, self-assessment. Tax return mm-hmm. week. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people moan about it. And actually, there are a lot of people moaning about it on Instagram today. 
And I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not great with figures and numbers and maths. It's not my strong point. But I really make a point of this one day a year when I do it. I sit down at my kitchen table. I light a candle. I make a cup of tea. I get out all my receipts. I do it all by hand because I'm technically mm. backward. We know that by now. <laughs> but my attitude, even though I hate numbers and maths, I sit there with an attitude of this is a fun task And Mm -hmm. I am grateful that I've earned the money so that I'm paying tax. Because if I'm paying tax, it means I've earned money. So I'm grateful for that money. So Mm -hmm. that's my attitude. Mm -hmm. And my other attitude is, I think money is an energy exchange. That's how I think of Mm -hmm. it. So I don't want to hold on too tight. Because I think if I Mm -hmm. hold on too tight, I'm not allowing anything to go. And therefore, I can't allow anything to come in. So like Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. month, not a good month financially and then added on to that the tax return I'm about to do but I still feel Mm. like this week I bought something because I want to still feel energetically Mm. if this doesn't sound completely mad like there's room there's room for things to go out and therefore there's room Mm -hmm. for things to come in it's a flowing exchange for me Mm. Mm -hmm. and I and I I think that's good it is good Okay. And, and you've you've got so many nuggets that you've 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 pulled in to this conversation on those practices that you've got, because number one, you're honouring that money is a flow, current. See, it's a current; it needs to flow. And when something becomes stagnant, and I always invite people to look at nature. In nature, when something is stuck and stagnant, stagnant, what happens? It gets stinky. It gets icky. When you allow it to flow, then there's that it's healthy. When something's flowing, it's healthy. When we look at our bowels, for example, like when it's flowing, it's healthy, right? Everything in nature, when it's moving, it's healthy. Why are we disconnecting ourselves from nature when we're talking about money, which is another thing moving through the natural order? And so we should be doing that. And again, people that end up trying to be miserly, even if they may have an increased pot of financial money there, what's the emotional experience of it? Mm. Are they getting any benefit from that mm. little hunk of money? Mm. Like Scrooge, they Scrooge McDuck. They're not getting anything from it. Mm. But when you're in a space of flow, and like one of the things, one of my mantras I've got is the more I spend, the more I make. That's mm. one of my affirmations. Mm. And spending isn't just in terms of spending like on stuff for me. It's like what I spend on giving away, right? And so this is one one of the most powerful practices that we give people when we're working with with them is forward tithing. Give away a percentage of what you want to earn in advance of earning it. And do Ooh. so by blessing it. Oh, that's that's hit a spot. With it's me, like though. it's like gratitude in advance, but you're actually taking physical action to demonstrate the gratitude. Now, there is a key to this. It's not I want to make a million pounds this year. I'm going to like remortgage a house and give away a hundred grand. No, you don't. <laughs> You've got to be mystically realistic. This is where the baby shift, like the baby steps, comes in. It's okay. I made a hundred this year. I want to make one fifty next year. All right. If I gave away whatever people's tithing or charitable practices for me it's 10 percent. all right so the increase is like another another five so i'm going to give that five instead of giving away 10 this year i'm going to give away 15 knowing that that 150 is going to come so it's not pretending or like hoping it's going to come it's like i'm so committed to me showing up and taking the action for me working on my thoughts for me working on my emotional relationship for me going out and making it happen that i'm prepared to invest in that future now by forward timing nice and so when you're creating that flow and you're creating that that movement and when you're doing it like you are it's like i'm really excited to give the government their bit i get my nhs i get my ambulance service although not at the not, moment not, is not that currently still striking? yep <laughs> not currently oh, bit icky. uh 
don't have that problem. Let's not talk Thank about you. the NHS um, either, shall we? <laughs> Let's not talk about the NHS. The, the, hopefully the fire brigade would come and put my house out if it was on fire yeah, and exactly. my roads are going to be sorted out. And, and all of the things, maybe. and all of the things, maybe yeah. not to the level that we would want, you know, yeah. but we're contributing to that, okay? And yeah. when we're doing that with a giving heart, it allows, again, that energy of giving to come back. It's like one of the things I was told to, when people come to me for like business coaching or whatever, I would say to them, are you always haggling with people or do you pay them what they ask for? Well, why do you expect that people are going to be able to pay you what you're asking for? Do you do payment plans when you can't afford to do it in full? Then why do you think everyone's doing payment plans? Do you pay your bills on time? Then how can you expect people to pay their bills on time to you? Because there's an energy that's dancing there and we're going to be met with the same energy that we put out. So I never ask for discounts. If someone gives me a discount, I accept it with gratitude, but I never ask for it. I always pay full price. I would look for the most expensive thing. Um, uh, continue to invest myself in multiple six figures here on my personal development. But I do these things because if I want that energy to come in, I have to put it out because that's the way the universe works. But what you've, sorry, what you've sparked to me when you made that comment before was that I also hold a similar belief that my only my husband earns much 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 more than me has always earned much more than mm -hmm. me and my belief is he'll always earn much more than me because my association is with the money comes power that's my association that's my held mm. belief with money comes power when you have the mm. money you're holding the power and I think there's a part of me that doesn't feel comfortable with holding power more well, could you drop it ASAP because now it's affecting me <laughs> but you know what I mean that's where I'm feeling it but but okay so what should she do with that then Dan this now this new belief that is, mm -hmm. is brought to life what can she do with that do you want to have that experience what experience of holding the power no of being, no, of being someone who's playing small because they think that they're not ready for the power, whatever the bullshit is. I don't want it or not want it. I've only thought about it in the last five minutes. Um, okay, so check in now. Take a pause. Take a pause. Close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths and ask yourself, in your heart of hearts, <laughs> yeah, do you actually want to be powerful? I don't know that I actually really do, you know. And that's okay. And that's the point I wanted to get to. That's okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's like with money, bring back to money for this one. There are some people that are actually very unconsciously happy having a miserable financial situation. Why? <laughs> because their identity is tied to it. No, yeah. their identity is yeah. tied to it. Yeah. They get to they get to shirk responsibility because someone else is going to take care of things for them. They get to blame people and look at their own shit. There are a lot of people that are in the situation that they're in because unconsciously they desire to be there. They may say, oh, I want more, but they don't really. They don't really. And so when it comes down to like questions like power and these kind of dynamics, you could have an identity that's tied into having an, a distorted, not distorted, an off-balanced power dynamic in your closer relationships. And if you took a look, you might actually see that that experience has showed up in other other things too. It could be, it could be, it could be male to female related. It could be people that are in a perceived position of power. If Ollie, for example, got a, like a, a high powered job, for example, it could be when people have got like teachers or whatever, like, oh my God, those people, they've got the power. That could be showing up everywhere. And it's, are you okay with that? 
And if you are okay with it and you just come to peace with it, guess what? All the negative connotations of it disappear. You can be perfectly at peace mm. having those dynamics. Mm. The challenge comes when we start to fight and go up against it, push up against it, but we're pushing up against it half cocked because we don't actually want to change. We want to keep things mm. the same because we've got an identity tied to it. When you're saying that, I'm hearing the word greedy because I always feel like mm-hmm. I, I, I have enough. I, I have very little overheads and running costs. And I always feel like as long as I have enough, may I interject with something? Please. Fuck that. Fuck that. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what I want to say to it. That's what I want to say to it. This, oh, I've got enough. I don't want any more. Most of the time is bullshit. But isn't it nice to feel contentment? No, because it's keeping you stuck. It's, it's, it's keeping you stuck. And number one, if it was contentment, there wouldn't be any discussion about more, even to the negative. You will be content. Content doesn't have any further conversation. It's just content. So even the fact that you're having a conversation about whether you are content or not, or having to, I am content. Uh, I am content. means that you're probably not. Hmm. Do they, huh. <laughs> well, they say being powerful is like being a lady. If you, if you have to say it, that you're not. Being content is like being a lady. If you have to say it, you're not. Now, that doesn't mean that you necessarily want to be all powerful holder of the sword of grace goal or whatever. It could might it might just mean that there are certain pockets of your life that you would like to exhibit a bit more power. It doesn't mean that you want to be, you know, Shira. You're talking about Shira. She was the lady he man. I was. She yeah. was. She was. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I like the outfit. Badass in my, my experience. I like the outfit. Yeah, there we go. But but and this is we're having a conscious relationship, like having a conscious relationship to money, to ourselves, to our relationships, to our pirate power dynamics is so powerful because so powerful is because we can say, well, which elements of it do I want? Well, I'd like to have a bit more power here, but I'm actually quite happy someone else being in charge there. I'd like a bit more power there. But I'm actually quite happy someone else having the power there. But that conscious relationship allows us to extrapolate, extrapolate, to pull out the pleasing parts that we want and to give up to other people the bits that we don't want but we can't do that if we're not even accepting and owning that we want it in the first place how much energy is being wasted chasing after things that we don't want chasing after things we think we want fighting things that we say we don't want what we really do if we just pull that energy back we'd have more energy to be healthy in our bodies more energy to be happy more energy to feel sexy to do sexy things pull that energy back and direct it to where you consciously want it to go rather than having it going everywhere in a frantic discordant fashion so I feel like maybe I need to change my belief to um, having an abundance of money or more money or extra money is freedom rather than power. It gives me freedom. I would I would say this. This is what I would say. I would invite you to play with a conscious relationship to the areas of my life where I seek more power, more abundance and deeper gratitude in the areas where I'm content. Nice. Oh, nice. So- He's good, isn't he? Yeah, he's really good. I did tell you that like two years ago. <laughs> and you already knew, but you didn't tell me. Okay, so, so Dan, you're going to give us our practice of the week. Yes. What are we going to do yes. to practice sort of self-care around money, money manifesting? You are the boss for the week. You tell us and we shall abide. Okay, I, I really feel like giving you two. Okay. Okay. One physical and one emotional. Okay. Okay. All right. So one you're probably going to need to do once and one you can do every day. Okay. So the one I'm going to invite everyone to do the once is to sit down and design their ideal life and then work out what it costs. Oh. Like do research, have fun with it. 
So we do this with, with don't, don't make the face, Nicole. When I say work out what it costs, it's because I'll tell you really, really super duper difficult. Not budget. We're not budgeting. We're shopping for our future life. Oh, you like it's that? Shopping, not don't you? Oh, I can do shopping. Okay. Yeah, we're shopping. <laughs> I shopping. Okay. So I had I had a client who came to me. She she did my ideal life blueprint. Um, I had a program. I don't do it as a program now. We just got a workshop that we we share the repay of. But I said, how much do you need to live your ideal life? She says, I'm never going to be financially free. Then I said, well, she goes, I need, I need, I need a hundred thousand a month to be financially what? free. So what the dick is do you need a hundred thousand for? She goes, oh, she started listing all this stuff. I was like, dude, just stop. Go out and do these sixes. And I gave her this exercise. She came back. She said, oh my God, I thought I need a hundred thousand a month. Guess how much she actually needed to live her very best fucking life. Best life. 3.5 a month. What? Three and a half grand a month? Yeah. No. What did yep, she need? That's what it was. It was, th- it was three and a half grand a month. There you go. Yeah. How do you do that? Because I'm weird like that. Yeah, she is so weird. How do you do that? I'm just built like that. Tuned in, <laughs> tuned in, tuned in. But the point being, the point being, and, and it's probably not going to be that drastic a, a reduction, but a lot of people are having this idea that the life that they want to live and the way that they want to live their life is so far away yes. because yes. it's just these I numbers that haven't like, been I thing like that. i do so sit down and shop for your best life okay nice you want to live by the beach it doesn't have to be in california california might not even be the place you want to be so it could be shopping, kent don't, it isn't it, it could is, be kent it's not kent and it's not california because i was there in the summer and i thought i don't love it here i was very surprised i don't love it I don't i'm love not it the same about miami i've always held this belief that when i'm alone and elderly i'll go and live in miami i went to miami this summer i came home i was like i'm not retiring there it's not my place not your place there you go like i went to i came i went where i live in mexico a place called Cabo. i went there for three days and stayed three days oh, turned to good. ten, and i just stayed yeah, wow. that's where I I've got Mexican residency. Everyone can do that, though. <laughs> my kid, my, my kid, my kid was born there. Like, I'm wow, proper Mexicano now. Yeah, wow. yeah, wow. But point being, as you do the shop, shop for you. Not what other people say. Not what all the latest fads are. Like, really tune in. I want to have a nice car. What nice car? Go and do some test driving. Go and have a look. What makes it set your heart on fire? Do that once and work out, and you'll probably find that the, the life that you want isn't as far away as you as you think it is. So that's yeah. the singular exercise. Okay, love that. Love it. And, <laughs> and the other practice I'd love for people to do in the morning, uh, just after you wake up, is to take a few deep breaths in and just get really excited about the life that you're going to have that day. Don't say how much money it's going to cost or what your financial the situation is just start off the day really really excited about the day that you're going to have i've got an affirmation mm. that i found to be really powerful mm-hmm. something wonderful and pleasurable is going to show up today i'm excited to notice it and see what it will be i'll send so, it to you i'll send it to you send it to us okay i'll send it to you okay. so i say that every morning it's one of the things i say before, and then at night guess what i do in I my journal i write down i i do my gratitude but i specifically identify at least one thing that honored the intention I set for the morning. Like, so I'm grateful for the amazing day that I set up. I'm grateful for the challenges and ways that they may have made me stronger or whatever the, the other debris wants it is. But then I say, what is something pleasurable that showed up today that I was excited to notice and see what it was? And I write it down. So start off the day, excited about the day that will be, end the day with gratitude and look for at least one thing that you were, you didn't know what the exciting thing was, was going to be, but just end it off with that. <laughs> And I, I know think it's you were money, my exciting thing. Just thinking that. You were my exciting and pleasurable thing for the day. Thank you. 
And that's it. Fucking charming. <laughs> You're every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's what we're going to do this week. And, and that is going to get us into the mindset of how to bring more abundance in financially. More abundance. I mean, because the thing is abundance isn't just money. Abundance is your relationships, your vitality, your, 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 your joy levels. All of that is there. It's not one dimensional. And if you start off the day excited, not attaching to any one of those things and allowing all of it to come in, then all of it can be, any one of them can be the rising tide that lifts all the boats. I do actually do that. And I've done it a lot more since I've been, since I've given up hairdressing. I sort of, before I've mm. even opened my eyes, my alarm goes off and I mentally go through what my day is. And I always say mm. a little thank you. <laughs> I'm so mm -hmm. grateful I am now in the life I wanted to be in. I'm so grateful mm -hmm. I get to get, get up and my body allows me to go and exercise like a lunatic and I get to hang out mm -hmm. with you. And I just yeah, you, you automatically... have been lunatic with the Jimmy stuff. Yeah. I've been watching that journey. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm so, I saw when you worked out with your dad once. Was it? You, you went yeah, to the yeah, yeah. My dad? dad. Yeah, my dad. My dad goat. My dad. Gangster. Listen, it comes from somewhere, Dan. It's not a, you know. <laughs> Yeah, talk about beliefs that Brilliant. are passed down through the family. Yeah. There we go. Will you come back on our epilogue show on Friday and give our listeners a challenge of the week? Yes. Great. Yay! Yes. We will speak will. to you. We will speak to you. And if people want to get hold of you and do the <laughs> quiz and learn about you and get some coaching, where do they come to? Dreamwithdan.com. Easiest place to find me and everything. Dreamwithdan.com. Okay, that is perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs>